The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. Only six more days till Christmas and you get to get the big piece. Oh, 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 not yet, honey. We have to wait. Can you please stop? Make me, Nancy boy. I've only got three things left on my bucket list, and I need to get into a fist fight. Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast, the podcast where we try and find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. I'm Chris, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Brian. Hi. <laughs> and John. I was, I was concerned. I, I, I was, thought we were I was like going for a longer extension than the last time we were here. We oh, is that juncture? Is, is that the new game we're playing? Um, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I have like the memory of a goldfish that's been shaken, so I don't remember <laughs> the game. So it's always going to confuse me. It's okay, John. To me, that sounds a bit ambiguous. I am going to need you to clarify: Were you taken out of your bowl and shaken, or were you shaken in the bowl? You know, I think. You're going to get the desired effect either way. <laughs> okay, just making sure. All what right. would you prefer? Uh, in the bowl? I think. Like, when you get the yeah. little... Yeah. It's just like waves, but it's probably nice. <laughs> I'm sure fish love it. Yeah. Well, before we get too far off track, we also need to introduce the person joining us for the first time, which is Todd Killian from the Christmas Clatter Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, Todd. You are our second guest, bringing a favorite Christmas episode for us to watch. Todd has been gracious enough to host Brian and I on his podcast twice, and so it's high time for us to return the favor. Now, Todd, a little fun fact people might not know about you, at least listeners of our podcast. I'm sure your listeners already know this, but uh, your love for Christmas goes so far, you even have a job as kind of a proxy Santa, right? Yeah, you could say that. I'm a letter carrier for the Postal Service, so I get to uh, deliver gifts each and every day. <laughs> and uh, so Here is your court summons. Yes. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, I, I get to do that. It's a lot of fun. I really like it around Christmas time. Uh, you know, most letter carriers kind of dread Christmas season because of the busyness, but for some reason I I, I enjoy it just because it's, you know, get to see all the happy people when their things arrive and safely and soundly. So that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, well, I know we always appreciated the mailman bringing us our stuff. So glad to have you aboard. How's everybody doing? We're at the end of March here. Everyone having a good springtime. There, there is no spring in Wisconsin, man. Don't lie to people. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's it's endless winter. It's turning a corner a little bit, a little bit, not to jinx it. Don't, yeah, don't, I was going to say, don't let it lie to you. You know how the story goes. You know what next week's right. going to be. It's false spring. Yeah. It's false spring. And then at some point in early April, sometimes May, you get a nice snowstorm. Or just ice. Just yeah. one day it's or, all or just going to be ice. Just ice. ice. ice Do the East the Coast thing. Just ice. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've, be, we've began what we call the pollening around here, so. 
the pollening. The yeah, pollening. you might have to go into that a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, that's just when uh, everything's blooming and all the pollen is in the air and nobody can breathe. Oh. And, uh, uh, and everybody is uh, sneezing their heads off and living on Sudafed. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> that's somehow worse. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's we kind of talked about this with Jerry last last month, but uh, that's kind of a fun thing. We're we're expanding our horizons yeah. across the country to just get a little taste of what all the different corners are yeah. up to these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where I live, I live in southeast Missouri, and March is always kind of a roll of the dice. We've the only blizzard that's been in my lifetime and record we had was in March. We had a ice storm when i was carrying uh mail about 10 years ago we got about six inches of pure ice uh, <laughs> one day one day we got like 32 inches of rain and one day in march so today was 66 degrees and sunny so we just never know what march is going to bring for us so <laughs> yeah we've had spring skiing since what feels like march 4th mm-hmm. it's wild yeah and Brian, on the mountain, is it? Do you have to wear a shirt to be serviced, or is is that not a requirement on your mountain? Uh, yeah, you do have to wear a shirt to be serviced. I was thinking of a specific instance last year where a guy was skiing down shirtless, and he got yelled <laughs> at by a lifty. <laughs> and I just couldn't help but think, well, I'm glad I'm not in my greens right now because I would have to be that guy yelling at him, and I don't want to be. <laughs> Your mountain is pretty, uh, pretty closed book for for shirtless ski time. Like, yeah, you're. It's pretty, pretty hoity-toity. I felt. Well, they don't allow snowboarders, so if that's any indication, yeah. I think it's a pretty good indication. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all. <laughs> it's all. All you. All we need to know, basically. It's it's just you know one Kickstarter away from somebody making out cold two featuring deer valley (laughs) i'm so happy that someone referenced out cold again in my life (laughs) you know those movies you watch way too much with your high school friend i probably watched out cold like oh upwards of 25 times yeah yeah i think it's still funny my first exposure to zach galifianakis Tonight I found out that Shoshana has never seen Super Troopers, and I'm like, I couldn't go a week in college without watching Super Troopers, whether I wanted to or not. (laughs) Pretty much. Super Super Troopers in Fargo, the story of Bergstrom Dorm. Yeah. Uh, Don't forget the movie Waiting. Yeah. We we don't need to we don't need to rehash waiting. We should. uh, Isn't that isn't that isn't that what this podcast is? Oh no, only in August. (laughs) <laughs> ah shit <laughs> thought we were just once we once podcast. once we get really out of ideas that we'll do we can do waiting for back to school month because that went perfect Tusk? last time uh <laughs> like 12 august from now yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's dive into our discussion about the episode todd brought with him today we're talking about the last christmas from raising hope it's the 10th episode of the show's third season, and it originally aired on December 11th, 2012. It's available on Hulu if you'd like to watch it for yourself, but if you hadn't had a chance, here's a little of what happened. Christmas time is here, but so is the end of the world, as Virginia stocks up on supplies and Jimmy works overtime to make a memorable Christmas for Hope. The rest of the family indulges Virginia's prepper paranoia, even though no one else believes the world will end. 
However, when Virginia forces the family to celebrate Christmas early, Jimmy reaches his breaking point and lets her know that everyone has been appeasing her. The end of the Mayan calendar comes and goes without any calamities, and Virginia reveals the reason she went all in on her planning was so Jimmy would see her as a good mom. She and Jimmy patch up their relationship, the family celebrates Christmas on Christmas Day, and Mama checks the last item off her bucket list by performing stand-up at an open mic night. So, to kick things off, Todd, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you selected this episode? Uh, this is one of those shows that was like one of the first shows I remember like binge-watching on Netflix. It, it, so it was on Netflix. It was by the same uh, creator as the guy that created uh, My, My Name is Earl, which is a show that I dearly loved when it was on. And uh, so it's kind of like I saw it, so I rolled the dice, and you know it's the same kind of comedy, same kind of bits you even see a lot of the same actors and it, it just it's just it's my kind of funny that i like you know i guess because it reminds me of home and uh and uh i just oh just holds a special place in my heart because it's one of those shows that for me i i laugh about everything in it and there's i didn't realize how many hidden jokes there were till i rewatched it again and it's like man if the point of entry on this might be a little bit steep because there's a lot of jokes that are you know baked in there good and hard and uh and if you don't not familiar with the episodes before you might not see them yeah it's uh i will say on that point of entry thing i i don't think any of us have seen this show at all before and um i have to admit when i started hearing people being referred to as mom and dad i'm like aren't you all the same age uh, <laughs> aren't you siblings raising you know a child together well, yeah well they they refer you know they um bert and virginia had had jimmy when they were very 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 young so they do cover that and uh, yeah so. i did i did a little uh i did a little wikipedia research because i think you know this is probably the episode the show i think that we've covered that i knew the least about Outside of outside of the fact that a guy was raising a kid, and uh, <laughs> let me tell you, when you read that Wikipedia entry for the premise, <laughs> and it and it starts by saying that he gets this kid after a one night stand with a serial killer, I was like, uh-huh. oh boy, I've missed a lot. When frankly, yes. good for him because that was probably a, probably a pretty cool night, and he walked away from it. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, happy for him. Yeah. And like I like with the point of entry, like, I have no idea what this this show is about. Uh, but I know everyone hates couponers, and if you've ever worked retail, it, the show is universal. So it worked out for worked for me. <laughs> Todd, did you have a lot of doomsday prepping uh, around you growing up? Mm, no, not really. Other than like my grandparents who lived through the depression, you know, would can everything and keep in their cellar, but. You know, that's valid. That, yeah, yeah. So I guess if you've been through something like that once, you know, you've been through an apocalypse once, you kind of get ready for the next. But that's kind of all falling away now. So. Well, it's, it's interesting. That's that's what I've heard some people say. Where it's like they've talked, they brought up that canning example, or like using mm-hmm. every last bit from something in a jar. And mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh yeah, washing hands for twenty seconds is going to be our our thing that we carry through the rest yeah. of our lives." <laughs> yeah, just uh. the, per, the overuse of hand sanitizer. 
Yeah. We're just we're all gonna smell like cheap vodka and it's not gonna be for a fun reason. Decorative masks. <laughs> oh, Double keep up at the hospital. It's gonna be great. Be perfect. Yeah, it's uh you know, it's definitely a fun you know, one of the things that we I've enjoyed, I know you're only our second guest, but um we did our blind pick week as as one of our weeks in our second season and just bringing in new shows that are very unfamiliar is always a fun experience for us, or at least for me. I won't speak for <laughs> Brian and John, but it's a very <laughs> fun experience. Yeah. You don't yeah. know what you're getting when you put your hand in that hat, <laughs> right? It could yeah. be a bunny. Well, we'll see. That's the that, hat could be a monster uh-huh. in your hand. That's another reason I kind of picked this. Sh- that's another reason I kind of picked this show. It's because it's kind of like off the beaten path, and I knew there's like some marquee. TV shows that you guys would get to eventually, and it's like you don't need me to come in and, and pick them for you, you know. So it's like you know, pull something from you know out of the weeds that you you know there's a chance that you would never get to, you know, if you did a podcast for twelve years because it's just so buried in all the other things. And and uh, I done that when I was on Tis the podcast, you know, pull some movies that were, you know, just I knew they would never get to otherwise. So that's kind of another reason is just to bring something new and and uh, indifferent. Yeah, definitely was. I think, I mean, you brought up My Name is Earl, and you can definitely see those same sensibilities uh, in mm-hmm. this show. I mean, it's kind of yeah. that, um, I, you know, it, it's kind of that family that's just getting by mm-hmm. kind of comedy. And um, I don't know, I, I liked this. I like the storyline idea of tying it back to the end of the world because, you know, that was something that was like in the news as like, you know, not a lot of people were really concerned about it, but um, certainly a a marker of 2012. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you'd find too many other sitcoms that went to the lengths to try and mesh it with Christmas that, that this one did. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, December 21st, 2012 was also a friend of mine's uh, birthday birthday he's his birthday is the 21st of december so we we made sure we had a great big birthday party for him <laughs> that year just in case it was his and everybody else's last so did you but did you have an alpaca no oh. we should have though <laughs> ain't no party like an alpaca party yeah absolutely is that a thing? <laughs> you know it's if your night doesn't end with a dehydrated alpaca what are you even doing <laughs> <laughs> just really making sure people have watched I this, know. this quick episode clap. with these really niche references to it. I like the quick second of CGI, CGI spitting alpaca before they decided, you know, we shouldn't do that anymore. I'm glad they quit. <laughs> One's good. And I don't know if it's because they only had enough in their budget for one CGI spitting alpaca. Say that five times fast. Well, when you when when you see the spit starting before its mouth actually begins on the mm-hmm. side of its ear. You might want to reconsider. You might want to reconsider. <laughs> yeah. That's easy for us to say on Monday after the game's been played. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Maybe that was the best option. You know? Right. right. <laughs> Sometimes you're striving for Aaron Rodgers, but you end up with Jake Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> and that is for all my Wisconsin yeah. fans out there. There you go. So, from like is... <laughs> many moons ago, but many many moons ago. 
that yeah, reminds me. Told. I was watching a documentary today, and this guy was like talking about, you know, he was with one one of the greatest forgery guys ever. He's like, it was like playing with Brett Favre or Michael Jordan or Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, like, right. One of those was, things is not like the others, you know. It's, Todd, I was watching that five minutes before we started this podcast, and I, I was that my thought too was like he went like Michael Jordan. I'm like. Makes sense. Uh-huh. And then Brad Favre, I'm like, okay, like we're being a little bit effusive, but maybe you cared about sports in the 90s and didn't care afterwards. Right. And then it was like Ryan Sandberg and like the like third best player on a bad Cubs team. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are we What are we doing here? But there we go. I'm, I'm glad sports. I'm the we got one sports that... podcast. We took it over. <laughs> Finally happened. Uh, Bad sports metaphors podcast.com. Well, this is the Ryan Sandberg of shows made by the My Name is Earl guy. I don't know because I've never seen that show, but I assume it's probably maybe more liked than this. I don't know. Yeah, it probably was. Keep going, John. (laughs) Let's let me bury myself. Okay. Uh, I will say that the, uh, you know, there are a lot of interesting things going on in this episode. One which happened early, which is when we're, this has got maybe the longest flashback sequence I've seen in a sitcom ever right at the beginning, where to the point where I was confused as to whether we had come out of the flashback or not, only to find (laughs) out uh, roughly five minutes later that we had not. Right. Bigger twist than lost. We're doing all the deep cuts this this edition. Yeah, right. <laughs> this episode, well, Todd, you're in for a treat. Let's oh, jump in. If you were in time, if you yeah. weren't ready, if you don't know what 2012 was about and Lost was about, because you're not specifically our age, boy, get ready <laughs> to not know what this podcast is. Well, get ready for gatekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in terms of. Uh, Along those same lines, I know one of the jokes that got me and and Brian and John, you might appreciate this more than than Todd, but uh, Tosh period zero really yeah. really gave me a good laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which I, I know. I really. I went for the sight comedy in the show, man. Really? Okay. Like, so I, I, that like worked for me. Like, can you give some examples? Because, you know, I know, Todd, you mentioned, too, that watching it a second time, you noticed a lot more. And I guess I was more mm-hmm. just listening in for the verbal jokes and right. maybe I missed some right. of the better well, visual. Um, like during the flashback when uh, it's either his mom or dad wakes him and uh, his uh, girlfriend up and she's got the pantyhose on her head. You know, if, <laughs> if, 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 you, if you've never seen that episode, then you have no idea why she's got pantyhose on her head when she sleeps. But she has this phobia of eating bugs in her sleep. So so she can sleep. She puts pantyhose on her head to keep the bugs from crawling in her mouth. Like a normal person. <laughs> like it's a hilarious episode. Person. <laughs> I really I thought like they... the, uh, the written joke. Mom, we only have 10 seconds. I don't want you to be mad at me when nothing happens. <laughs> Just some prime sarcasm right there. It's really good. I, I enjoyed the grandma fight. I thought the yes. grandma fight yes. was very funny. Yeah, especially Didn't... when it's more in the background, too, and mm-hmm. it's just on top of her rolling around on the wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> the Ralph Macchio and drag comment. That which which shit. which I will say the first time I kinda rolled my eyes at and the second time it got me. 
because <laughs> they they do it twice and the first time i was like okay drag jokes and the second time i'm like eh, i don't know why but you got me that time yeah <laughs> it's because she it's just got done working so her over about it yeah mama is always hilarious every episode mama is is one of the gold stars of the show yeah cloris mm. leachman is a, mm. a pretty good get to yeah. just kind of be able to to sit on and use as you need her yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her and her and uh I can't think of the actor's name, but the uh the dad Bert, he's always he's always really great too. He And he's one of those actors too that you've seen on television for literally mm-hmm. decades. Yeah. Like his career has spanned for so long. And for some reason I also at the same time, like I know I've seen him in things, I also can't remember what I've seen him in. Yeah. He he I had some he had a recurring role in Burn Notice, I remember. Yes, he did. He yeah. was a bad guy in Bird Notice. Yeah, he was a real good bad guy too. Kind of, yeah, kind of fantastic. You okay. know, crazy and smart at the same time. Okay, pop quiz, guys. What is Bird Notice? SNL bits only I get. That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say a, a show on USA. That I'm frankly amazed we've hit two people that watched in one room. If but, <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? Miracles happen every day. Show, I watched that show solely for, oh, and I can't, I'm blinking on his name right now. He's Ash and the Evil Dead. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Well, Thank Bruce you. Campbell. I watched that show solely just to hear Bruce Campbell in the beginning intro go, you know, spies, bunch of bitchy little girls. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> his delivery of that is just always spot on because it's a re- it's a replayed clip. <laughs> No, but uh, if you yep. guys, in the long line of Bill Hader game show sketches on <laughs> SNL, what is Burn Notice right up there with Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney? Or Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> oh, I gotta go. <laughs> Who is this? I prefer new SNL cast member or Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire, also good. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about the yeah. ending of this episode for a little bit? Because I want to. This is. I, I just want to know if it works because I was kind of questioning it for a little while because it really tries to be heartwarming and I'm just not sure it got gets all the way there. Yeah. They, what about it, Chris? Well, I think when you have the mom who is Virginia is convinced that the world is going to end and everyone's just going along with it. But then she convinces her coworker Rosa uh, and no one lets Rosa in that, Hey, this actually isn't going to happen. And if they had confronted Virginia earlier, they probably would have saved her. And then they come back and it's like, Oh, well now we can help her. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But you also could have prevented this from happening in the first place well they they found out they both decided 2012 was the end of the world together like at the same time they heard the news report it wasn't like she like leaned on her and it's just so happened her family took it more seriously than virginia's so if anything rosa is a better matriarch of her family they all followed along that is the american dream right there sometimes you believe in apocalypse and it plays out and sometimes it doesn't. I thought you were going to say the American dream was spending the end of the world at Disneyland. Or, well, tomorrow, or that was a yeah. good bit. That was yeah. another sleeper bit. Yeah. <laughs> thought it would be ironic. Would you, 
would you guys try to prep for the end of the world or would you just accept your death and like go to Disneyland? Why like, would what, I go what, to Disneyland? Yeah. Like, what, would you do something story. fun? I don't know. Do, what, would you go on the ski mountain and do your nerdy little ski thing or whatever? <laughs> nerdy little ski? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question, though, John. Yeah. I think, so, uh, I, think I, I think I lack the constitution and intelligence to survive an apocalypse. So I just kind of <laughs> just put it all on black and let it go. How much time do we have to prepare? I mean, two years. We'll, give, we'll go time frame of the show. Okay, I would bulk up and try to fight a bear. I'd go into the woods, and in the 10 minutes leading up to, you know, the apocalypse, I would take out a um, folding knife, and I would go after a bear. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, April, and I'm assuming my children, are behind me, wondering why the fuck I drug them out to the wilderness so far. I just, I like imagining the two years of you training to fight a bear and April having to explain it to your children. Being like, mommy, what's dad doing? Bear training again. Bear training while, again. While sipping on a fat martini. I, I like to think that you're going to fight a bear for two years and survive. I think those two years get cut drastically short. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's two years training, and then in the last like half hour of the world, you are giving yourself so much credit for a half hour, man. You wouldn't last a half hour with me, Ma. I taught you within the thirty minutes of the world ending. Within the thirty minutes of the world ending, John, I'm going to initiate the fight oh, with the bear. Gotcha. Probably say something uh, very offensive to bears, like, "Um, you want honey?" <laughs> <laughs> Watch you poo bear looking motherfucker. <laughs> the thing is, most of the bears here are black bears, and black bears kind of not gonna bees. touch it. Kind of little, kind of little, kind of little bitch bears. There was a there was a bear attack here, like in where towards where I live a few years ago, and it couldn't get through the guy's jacket. So, <laughs> <laughs> just saying, maybe pick a better like way to out. go. Yeah, hey, I suppose it was maybe a small bear, a small weak bear. Todd, I don't mean to have you divulge any secrets to us, but uh, you got a bug out plan? Well, I have my own basement. (laughs) I'm already bulked up, so I don't have to put on any extra weight. I'd probably just uh, stockpile cigarettes and buy a crossbow. Hell yeah, you, you, you think yeah. you think we're reverting to prison currency when the end of the world comes? <laughs> Cigarettes are very addictive, and people really, really want them bad. So, yeah, I mean, You've got the supply, and then the cigarettes themselves create the I, demand. I was in I was in the gas station the other day, and a guy bought two packs of cigarettes, handed the lady a twenty dollar bill, and he said, "Put the rest." In, on pump six, so he got like a dollar thirty eight in gas. <laughs> you know, so, so I thought, well, if he's that committed to cigarettes, they must be worth something. So. The uh, my my basic end of the world plan is just go north. So I I don't know why that feels safe to me, but it's I'm just like the farther north I go, the safer I'm going to be. To a point. Now you go south. It'll just, you just like we're already in Wisconsin. It takes too just long go to south. go south. Just North go is south. so much closer. Go south because all the craziness will have subsided by the time you get there. Like we've we've put the we've put the wildness of our population in one section. That's like where all oh. the fun stuff is going to be is the south. 
<laughs> we'll see. Oh boy, got conflicting ba- ideas. Back Chris in- is gonna go. Yeah, see, on Golden Pond. I might have thought about this a little too much back when you know The Walking Dead was hot and heavy. I think I'm in the perfect geographical location because it's I'm too far south for a real hard winter, too far north for a real hard summer. I only have one interstate, and it runs north, completely north and south from St. Louis to Memphis. And most people will be traveling either east or west, and so they're really not going to come by this direction. So I shouldn't get, and I'm right on the Mississippi River, so I shouldn't get too many transients through here. But that's my 2012 self talking as well. So there you go. <laughs> I I knew you had it in your tie. I knew you, had, you were sitting on a plan. There you go. Yeah, my plan, my play, my plans. The same thing I do every day. Just kind of sit on my couch and see what happens. So. <laughs> do uh, we had the uh, the the pee to water converter was featured prominently <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. Uh, does anyone have a dream uh, survival gadget that they'd like to own or already own? Gravity fed water filter. I do have a water filter thing. Yeah. We bought it. Uh, we had a years ago. We had a missionary come through our church that was like selling them to raise money for clean water in Africa or something. We bought one and we're supposed to get like five thousand gallons through it. It's oh, pretty cool. They nice. went. They went and scooped out a uh, like a jug of the water straight out of the Mississippi and and ran it through and it was really clean. So nice. Yeah. So I'll do it, man. Maybe I am ready for the end of the world. Yeah, like Todd's way ahead of us. Here. This is this is like Doctor <laughs> Phil. I'm, I'm I'm figuring out what's going on. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend and I, we and early on in the pandemic, we binge watched the show alone, and uh, all of a sudden started realizing, hey, we need we we should probably start investing some of the supplies these people bring mm-hmm. along on the show. <laughs> yeah. So Pharaoh I'm, Rod, Pharaoh Rod yeah. was number one. <laughs> Yeah, been I've been watching Forged in Fire. That's been my binge watch one. So I don't know, maybe maybe yeah. become a blacksmith. Maybe that'll yeah. just be become my passion now. There you go. I'll, I'll go find that guy that won alone in season seven. That dude was psycho. Oh yeah, where he's out there for hundred and what was it, hundred and ten days or something? Yeah, he he killed one of the he killed one of those uh uh what were Producers. those? He killed that. Uh, that, oh like yeah, that, that ox thing Musk, with a knife. Musk ox Musk, with a knife. Yeah, with a yeah. with a knife. What? That, that was wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'd you, like, you guys got to start watching alone. It's nuts. He, yeah. That's in that's insane. That is the most courageous yeah. man in the world. With, yeah. He like he had his knife and he'd run and well he shot it with an arrow and kind of let it bleed out for a few hours so it was a little weakened but still he yeah, ran he up hit it with the knife ran away ran up hit it with the knife until until it was gone and and the the time he took his two fingers and scooped the brains out and rubbed it all over his face I'm like that guy is winning yeah you know? <laughs> I don't honestly care. we should just get rid of our like armed forces and just have it be that guy yeah. This guy, he's, He's the strongest man in the world. My goodness, <laughs> I'm t- I'm terrified of this man, and I don't even know who he is. <laughs> so how will you know if you cross paths with him? John? Well, th- that's the thing. We probably already have. Probably the probably the gray matter on his face will give him away. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the the, the brain the brain war paint. <laughs> apparently, apparently, brains are good for. Like a natural chapstick. I, who knew? You know, I guess so. 
<laughs> Chapstick. Chapstick. All right. <laughs> The, Chapsticks, the, his brains is going to be the new Soylent Green as people. The, <laughs> the fact that that man knew that off the top of his head to like pull upon it in a pressure situation is is the most terrifying thing I could imagine. <laughs> it's more terrifying than the guy than Hope's mother, frankly. Well, <laughs> he is a likable guy on the show. He does seem like a real likable guy. He really loves his mom. Well, good for him. <laughs> She's the safest mother in the what world. What show are we talking about now? Raising <laughs> Brian, Brian got Her lost. Life. I was getting a little. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like a game. Game. raising a hope. Todd, Todd's keeping me alive. We're ending on a compliment, so he doesn't come for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I did like that. You know, just bringing it back to raising hope as you know, we we like to talk about. We end up talking about other things on this all the time, but just to bring it back on the rails heel. I like that, uh, you know, Jimmy's goal in this episode, I think is very admirable of, you know, recognizing that this is the potential for his daughter's first Christmas where she would have memories and, uh, you know, explaining all the different traditions. Do you guys have any moments like that where, you know, I guess like where someone impressed upon you that this is tradition and then you like look forward to it every year? You're going to Christmas night mass. <laughs> is that is that your dad, Brian? Yeah, it's, that'd be my father. Uh, no, that's not mine. Well, I kind of relate to this because <clears throat> on my podcast, uh, one of the things I I did more regularly than I do now is you know talk about Christmas memories I had when I, I was a kid, and I wrote I wrote one out of I had a memory of uh, uh, when my grandma dressed up as santa claus and came to the house on christmas eve and and stuff like that and and you know talking with my dad about it and, and kind of getting you know the background and, and how she did it for him when he was a kid and, and his brothers and sister and, and kind of picking I, I couldn't quite remember the year that it happened so we, we we got all that locked down and i was three years old when that happened and that ended up being my first memory of christmas and then when he said that hope was three that this might be the first christmas she remembers something i was like yeah He's right because you know that's what happened to me is my first memory of Christmas was when I was three years old. Yeah, I think I think mine was as well, and mine was a little. It wasn't a tradition memory, but um, we traveled. I have family that lives in Ecuador, and we traveled there, uh, and they had an attempted robbery while we were there. So, uh, so that's some of my first Christmas memories. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Going to Ecuador and almost getting robbed. Mm. It's a lovely country. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've I think I've said enough on this podcast that I just grew up grew up traditionless on Christmas. I don't just don't I don't never never had those unfortunately. My family is far too lazy for that. We just are just happy that a tree gets up and people eat food. Do you have an earliest Christmas memory, though? Uh, like, I think, like, the only, like, I'm sure I probably remember being, like, around people on Christmas. I, like, remember a conversation with my parents about not being a butthole, about saying, like, Santa Claus isn't a thing to my cousins. <laughs> but, like, I remember, like, one, like, uh, like, a stuffed animal got destroyed at my grandma's. And it was, like, a whodunit for my family of trying to, like, figure out who it was. 
she was livid that like one of these like old stuffed animals from the 60s got tore up and we're like literally don't know how this happened they're like well no one thought it was you because we knew you played video games and i'm like well thank you at least (laughs) at least me being a big old thank you for calling me a big old dork but also yeah thanks for like letting me go on that front i like how todd comes in here with some very sweet ideas and we're just hammering home tragedies left and right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if it's my earliest but it's certainly the most enduring and that's um fresh new set of pajamas on christmas eve Mm. tried and true every year it's been happening for as long as i can remember so um love that so let me let me ask you this because i think you've brought this up before or mentioned this before on the podcast yeah yeah. What's what's the uh, what's the longevity of these? You get a new pair every year. Do you do you, does does last year's go right to goodwill? Is it like a three year stretch? I mean, how many pairs do you stockpile before you have it, too it, many pairs, Brian? It, it varies because I realized I think this year when we moved that <laughs> that easily it wasn't shirts that I had too many of or it wasn't like pants that I was holding on to for the longest. It was sleep pants. It's just this string of plaid fleece or flannel sleep pants. And uh, I do have a criteria now for what constitutes a good sleep pant. And that is non-static with pockets and a pee hole. Yep. Ooh. Non-static is big. <clears throat> non-static is huge. I have, I have this great pair of fleece sleep pants, but they are too warm. They are way too warm. And I, I can't sleep in them. But I have a nice, yeah. a very nice pair of more flannel ones that are a little more lightweight and, yeah, not as staticky. It's nice. I got, I got the best sleepwear this last Christmas from April. Um, it's LL Bean, and it's matching pants and a shirt. It's a, it's like a classic like button up shirt. Utah just made, Utah has just made you just a stereotype of a person from Utah. And I love Wait till that. I get my third wife, John. <laughs> oh, is that what the argument was about? And I don't mean my exes. <laughs> I thought LL Bean was a sign of your age. <laughs> I don't know, man. Growing up in Minnesota, LL Bean wasn't prominent, but it was there. Yeah. I deliver to a nursing home, and it seems like everybody gets a copy of the LL Bean catalog. So, it's good I'm just, I'm just saying. It, I don't know what's going on. It is a weird. I, I I'm kind of with Brian though, where it's like a weird Midwest thing, where it's like I remember we took a trip out east, and we went to Maine, where like the LL Bean like flagship store is, and it was a big deal, and I was like okay like what what am i supposed to i was like in third grade so i was like okay sure llb i imagine imagine that's what it's like for people in iowa to take a trip to the cabela's in minnesota oh Oh, yeah bass pro around here everybody drives two and a half hours to bass pro shop Sometimes I forget about the Bass Pro Shop. It was brought up somewhere else recently. I don't remember where, but Bass Pro Shop can be fun to poke around in. Bass, Bass Pro Shop is hype because they have the big fish tank. It's yeah. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> I just remembered I got a Cabela's gift card from Christmas this year. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> we got to take a trip to Cabela's. 
Huh. You can get your pee to water filter there, I'm sure. I'm actually going to look for water filters while we're there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can start to wrap up here. Todd, anything else about this episode that we didn't touch on that you want to chat about before we get to our final judgments? Um, I just want to let, let the listeners know that th- this show, after watching it again, it's it's a tough show to cover because there's so many sight gags in it and so many little one-liners that kind of run off, but, uh, it, it is definitely hilarious. Um, in my opinion, you know, other people might not think so. I wish it had a little bit more Christmas in it and a little bit more pertaining to Christmas. They did try to get heart- heartwarming, but that's not the kind of show it is in general. So it's tough to pull that off. And yeah, I, I I appreciated the effort with this episode to mesh these two ideas. I don't know uh, the execution, and I I you know I'd be interested to try another episode of this just to because I think that maybe restrained them a little bit in mm-hmm. in what they were able to pull off in terms of of bits and stuff. But um, yeah, definitely a fun exploration of something as you said we probably wouldn't have otherwise gotten to. Uh, all right, so let us give this episode our final judgments uh we have three criteria that we use to rate and those are a christmas classic a pair of socks or a lump of coal and todd we won't make you go first because we learned that mistake with jerry last time so brian or john (laughs) take it away i think this is this is a classic socks man it is certainly a watchable episode of television. It's probably not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, if you want to watch a grandma beat up a lady in a delightful sight gag and some really visceral alpaca spit, alpaca pea spit, uh, you can you can watch this. That those are probably two things that aren't in most Christmas episodes. So you got that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say and agree with John. This is a sensible coupon. It is something that you stumble upon. Maybe it was in your email or maybe you found it in the newspaper, but you think, I'm going to use that. But then it comes up to the day of the expiration date. It's like, I got to use that. So you were excited to have it, but didn't go out to the store immediately to use it. (laughs) I have... I've never used a coupon in protest of how many times I had to deal with extreme couponers in like 2014, <laughs> working at Target, just getting just getting dunked on by people thinking they were clever because they read something on Facebook. <laughs> it was it was literally that situation from that guy in the store, and I know he's probably the villain of the show, but I was like, he's right. This is relatable content. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, what do you want to call it? Oh, this is definitely a pair of socks. I mean, it's not uh, it's not good enough to be a well. If it was more Christmassy, it probably could pull off Christmas classic. But it's definitely a pair of socks. It's it's if you need if you got twenty minutes, you needed something that's a little Christmas and got some laughs in it. It uh, it definitely fit the bill for that. Yeah, I'll I'll concur with everyone else and say pair of socks as well. I think. You know, kind of what you mentioned at the beginning, Todd, it's like if, if you're trying to break away from kind of the mainstream stuff or the the stuff you've kind of heard about a lot, this is not a bad bad place to start. Um, and I appreciated, as I mentioned, the, the effort of the storyline to try and mesh the Mayan calendar, end of the world, and the Christmas, but didn't quite get all the way there for me. But I, I think a, a decent pair of socks, 
and just a fun exploration of, of something different for us. So that's going to do it for our talk on Raising Hope. Todd, do you want to tell the people a little bit about your podcast and where they can find you? Yeah, I host the Christmas Clatter podcast. It's the podcast that celebrates everything that makes Christmas special. We talk about movies and music and decorations and gifts and even those uh, quiet moments of reflection that happen at Christmas. You can find us at christmasclatter.com where we have a weekly blog there and a free uh, email newsletter you can sign up for. And uh, we are found wherever you can find podcasts at, and we release episodes every other Tuesday. So, And you can go back a few weeks ago and catch uh, Chris and Brian on our Merry Melee episode, a movie debate game show we've been doing. And uh, you'll be able to catch Brian coming up in April as he uh, plays for the championship. Be our <laughs> very first Mele- Merry Melee champion, possibly. <laughs> I am going to prepare thoroughly. Uh, but I won't promise I won't fight dirty. <laughs> we've been we've been prepping for it. Started his training. Yes. We we put him on a diet. He's really he's working hard for this. He wants yep. it. He took on Mary Melee, and now he can take on a bear. So. <laughs> Not, well, no, I'm gonna need two years for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on, it's a bear, Todd. This is the t- this is the test case for bear, though. Yeah. If he can do this, this is, he can he can yeah, theoretically debate, do a bear. If I can debate Christmas, you can fight a bear. Because yeah. if you can dodge a wrench, <laughs> there are a couple of other good fighters on there, so it's going to be interesting to 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 see what happens. It'll be entertaining for sure. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, Todd. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. You betcha. Uh, in April, we're going to have one, possibly both hosts from the Netflixmas podcast on to discuss The Three Wise Men from the fifth season of Letterkenny, which you can find on Hulu. Until then, you can rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Send us a note, yuletidetv at gmail.com. Find us on social at yuletidetv. All that good stuff. This is how we end the podcast, right? This is this is this is how we wrap it up. Uh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. In more in more or less. More more or less. More or less. Mm. Yeah. So. All right. Well, until next time, I've been Chris. I have been Brian. I hate I hate I'm, this. I'm, I'm, edit, I'm editing <laughs> so much so many of these. I, just making my life harder. John, I thought you were on board because you were trying to do it really fast, opposite of me going. Oh really man, slow. I've decided I don't like this bit. I was <laughs> okay. in Den- I was in Denver when this bit started, Brian. Let's not let's not allow me to remember where my, like my headspace was at. <laughs> Fine, John. <laughs> But I'm John, and I guess I'll allow Brian's bit to continue. Todd, you can chime in too. Uh, oh, okay. I just thought you guys. And I've. Todd. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're still alive. Oh, we sure are. Oh, you betcha. Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com. And Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com.